This is the Resilient and Resourced Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Danette Adams. Today I speak with Mary, who is an EA, and she has been for 11 years. She sees her primary role as being right next to the students as a caring presence. This pandemic has made that a challenge. Join me as we listen to Mary's story. Okay, so today we welcome Mary to the podcast. Mary, thank you for being here. Thank you. Great to be here. So I love starting these conversations each time, um, asking the person I'm interviewing um, to tell us about a memorable mentor or teacher or coach, somebody who has impacted your life in some way. Well, one of my favorite teachers who I still think about once in a while and thought about her again the other day because I'm flipping through some old photographs of my family and came across a newspaper clipping of that teacher with her soccer team from that year. But anyhow, her name was Mrs. Monroe. I had her in grade five. She um, seemed kind of mean and tough sometimes, but um, had a super soft heart and expected certain things from her kids. And we just wanted to please her and make her happy and do what we want to do, uh, do what, what she wanted us to do. One of my favorite things to do in the class was to be a great speller. And she had a spelling bee. And myself and Doug, I don't know where he is these days, won the spelling bee. Well, you can't see it because this is on a video. But anyhow, I have a silver dollar still that I got as a prize for winning the grade five spelling bee. So I, I tell kids at school even today, I'll say, hey, guys, this is so important because this is why I love spelling and reading and writing and all that. <laughs> so I'm quite proud of my little accomplishment. But anyhow, um, we would have these weekly spelling tests. And if you got perfect, you got a star after so many stars in a row, I think 10, you get to put her, your hand in her bottom treat drawer and get a candy. So that was just a, that just really stands out in my mind. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's what's a good memory from all the way back in grade five. Um, now I'd like to ask about your role now as an EA. So tell me what you were doing in the spring when we went into lockdown, what, what role you played and what was the impact of learning from home on your job? Well, before lockdown, I think two or three weeks before we kind of heard rumblings that, so this is before March break. We heard rumblings that, oh, we might be closing down. We're not sure yet. It was just every day, a, a little bit of a rumor about this or about that. And then all these uncertainties were getting, getting a bit anxious and start, trying to stay calm for the kids so that nobody freaks out. And then, uh, so my role before that was just in the classroom, doing my job. And uh, I was in, a, in the same portable every morning, which was great. So that was a regular routine with the same kids that was helping out. And then that week before, a few days before, we're, we got the notice to just get all the kids packed up as though they're going to go home for the summertime before March break. That was on the Friday. That all went really well. The kids were so great. So my role was quite a regular routine. And then lockdown, then we're at home awaiting instructions from our union, because ours is different than teachers, as to what we could do as EAs from home, because we're not sitting beside a student anymore. Or over their shoulder. So eventually, 
uh, we were given a list of some kids' names we could phone each week or even every day or every second day, however we felt comfortable or what the parents would like. And that took maybe, I don't know, I guess almost a month. Prior to that, we were just given some PD day suggestions, podcasts to listen to, uh, various blogs to we could follow and that were all professional development stuff that had to do with autism or ADHD or anxiety. So those are all really helpful things anyway. So after the we were given the, those instructions about how we can support from a distance, uh, then we had more regular things to do each day. And then I got in touch with the, the teacher I was with, Mr. V, who was happy to have me join in three times a week with the Google Class Meet, which was actually quite a lot of fun. And then after all those weeks, it must have been six, seven weeks, we finally got to see their faces again. So that was really great. And, oh man, they just want to tell you about how, how sad they were that they couldn't be at school and how much they missed each other and missed being at, at their desk and just in their portable. So you kind of had to hear their sorrows a little bit first, which was pretty important. And after that, just, yeah, yeah. After that, just uh, um, Mr. V would give the English instruction with his whiteboard behind him or um, math or whatever it was, and then assign that onto the Google Classroom. Well, I should point out that all the kids were outfitted with a Chromebook. Everybody who needed technology at home could come to school at an assigned time to get a Chromebook. So we got everything out that we needed to to every kid, which was so fantastic. It was so greatly organized. So all the kids got to join in uh, with, with the yeah. Google Classmates. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened then for you in September? I'm sure there were some positive feelings that you had about going back to see the kids, you know, liking to work with them face to face, but then also some concerns. So how did things change for you in September? What did, what did your role look like when you first went back? Well, with the whole mask, when initially we wore masks and the face shield, which was really annoying because, <laughs> and I also wear glasses, so those would fog up, and then the shield fogs up, and you can't see any children. <laughs> so it's just like you're just trying to figure out how to let them know that my face is saying, Hello, I miss you, I'm so happy to see you. So we learned to just kind of really smile a lot with our eyes and use really good tone with our voices to let them know, Man, it's good to see you. Wish I could hug you. Here's a pretend hug. But we're very careful with reminding them about social distancing, the six feet apart, which doesn't always happen so much anymore. But we try to. A lot of hand sanitizing. And, and as an EA, I'm. it's so hard not to be right beside the child or to touch their pencil or their desk or whatever. And I just wash my hands a lot throughout the day. The teachers are a lot more spaced and distanced, but as EAs, at first we were a little bit nervous. And after all, I thought, well, hey, these kids need me to be right beside them. And I got to just put my anxiety aside and help this kid. And I've, I've become much more comfortable in that area. So it's not so bad anymore. Yeah, that's great. That's That kind of leads into what I was going to ask you. My next question about what strengths did you bring back with you into the school? So clearly there were some anxieties and some things you were concerned about. There was also a love for the kids and wanting to be right next to them. But what strengths that did you have characteristics, traits did you bring with you? I think encouragement is a big one and trying to find 
humor in something that could be tough for someone and to try to find the bright side in whatever situation they're in. If it's appropriate, try to find some way to make them feel a little happier or remind them how special they are or, hey, I'm here to help you. You know that, right? Just that reminder that they're not by themselves, that if you need anything at all, you can come talk to me or come see your teacher or the other EAs. They all know their, their names. And so it's just that that um, being a present is what I bring to the to that situation. And I don't just sit there and do nothing. I'm, I'm there to, if they just don't, can't concentrate on their assignment or whatever's in front of them, just, hey, let's just chat about something else. What do you need to talk about? And then let's get onto this. So we've learned to kind of, yeah, we learned to kind of, uh, to really think on the fly a lot. So I've gotten quite good at that. <laughs> now, are there areas that you feel like you would need more support? So maybe areas you're not as strong. So ways that uh, practices that you have or ways of staying supported like other people how do you get your support where do you get your support well thankfully we have a really good support team at school there are three other eas we've become good friends and we tell each other a lot hey i've got your back i've got your back if you need something you need a break just get a hold of me and i will come and we'll take over for each other so that's really great and our our spec ed resource teacher, he's also really good too. They're just really, they're available. They've made themselves available to, like if we've had a trying situation or we've been pushed or screamed at or something and we need to kind of uh, collect our thoughts or just take five minutes, we're allowed to do that. So that's really, really important that we know that we have that. Yeah, that's really important, especially in such a stressful situation. So what would you suggest... So you've been now several months into teaching during pandemic times. I know I hear uh, teachers saying that they're they're June tired in October and November, like they're as tired as they would be at the end of the year. So what advice would you give maybe to teachers who are just starting out about how to make it through, how to keep going? You know, we've got a, we've got a ways to go now before the end of the year, and we don't know what's coming up with more lockdowns or isolations or whatever. What advice would you give somebody who's struggling to just sort of put one foot in front of the other? Um, I think initially there needs to be that contact with the admin and the spec ed team. Just say, hey, look, I'm new at this. What are my options? What kind of resources are there? Should I get stuck? Uh, just to have that that backing, that assurance that there's others who can come and kind of help carry that load a little bit. Because it can be pretty scary coming in. In the past several years, we've had some potential CYW and EA students, even student teachers, and they're like, wow, this is not like I expected. And then when they just sort of accept the situation the way it is and not try to change things right from the get-go, they need to at least they need to take time to observe and implement who they are as a teacher for their classroom or EA kind of slowly. Don't expect sudden grand things right from the start because that's really disappointing. Take things slowly, I guess, and really connect with the admin and spec ed. Find little things that that you could use to assist you in your teaching and support. I think that's so important. Your viewpoint of, of just surrounding yourself with people and reaching out to the resources that are available to you, I think is wonderful. And it probably 
is what makes you able to be so present with your students. And I just think that's a real gift that you give to your students and to the, the teachers that you work with is that you're able to reach out and ask for help when you need it so that you can really be there. That's really incredible. Well, thank you so much, Mary. I've learned so much about, you know, what, what you do in your role as an EA and I appreciate what you do. And I thank you for sticking it out and for continuing to show up for those kids, even when things are tough. I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. Thanks. And then have a good rest of the year, whatever that's going to mean. We just take it one day at a time and we'll see. You bet. Thank you. Take care, Mary. You too.